In this time of year where we get busy, right, where, where things need to be done, and we get ourselves worked up because we have so much to do, so many things on our minds, so many expectations placed upon us by ourselves or by others, that we get overwhelmed. And we get so caught up in things that we just start doing things reactionary oftentimes. And it can be overwhelming, especially when we try to do things in different ways to be exciting or, or to show people we care. And, you know, I noticed even as a pastor, I noticed this. You know, and Pastor Scott can relate to this too. Uh, every time, every year when you come up on Advent and Christmas or you come up on Lent and Easter, you think, you think oh, i got to find some new exciting way to do things this year. And, and you think, I want, to, I want to find a way where I can reach people in a way where, where they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to see something. And maybe that person that doesn't come very often, maybe this is the time of year when the gospel you know, will come through that. And we put pressure on ourselves. Pastors do this until we step back and we remember that it's the Holy Spirit's job to do those things. And, and oftentimes... In our lives, we do the same thing when we're preparing for just normal things. We've got people coming over for Christmas or the house needs decorated. And we put all these unrealistic expectations on ourselves. And if we stop and think about the why we're doing these things, why these things matter, as small as our busyness in our personal lives, to as big as how the gospel reaches people. If we just slow down and hear God's word this Advent season, that will be the encouragement we need. That will be the thing that helps us to have peace in the midst of chaos. As we get started this morning and dig into God's word, would you just take a moment to bow your heads as we invite the Holy Spirit to work through his word as we know he does. Jesus, we know uh, that you are our Savior. And we know this is a busy time of year. We ask that the Holy Spirit would work through your word powerfully today. And Lord, that people would hear the gospel message and find peace in that message. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So Pastor Scott said in our confession absolution, uh, he, he read from Mark. And we heard a callback to a prophet. Uh, and I want to read a little bit to you from Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40 says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that warfare is ended, that iniquity is pardoned, that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What Isaiah is saying here is, take comfort. God is telling you now, Israel, here's some gospel. You, you've experienced law. You've experienced reaction to your disobedience. And now I want you to hear this. A voice cries, and this is going to sound familiar, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley lifted up, every mountain made low, the uneven ground level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now you heard Scott read, Pastor Scott read this from Mark 2,000 years ago to us. 700 years before Mark, Isaiah prophesied this very thing. So when Mark writes down about John coming and preparing the way for Jesus, 
we see that God's plan is in effect. That God has had a plan for hundreds of years when Mark wrote this. For thousands of years when we hear this and way, way before even this. See, we have the Christmas story and, and we make it into almost this magical fairy tale type thing. And we forget that the people in this story are real people. That Mary and Joseph actually experienced the same things we do. The fear, the anxiety, the unknown. And Mary and Joseph experienced the pain of not understanding what God was doing and not understanding why things were going the way that they were. And so when John comes and says that he has come to fulfill this prophecy of Isaiah, this is confirmation that God is working through real people in a real time and that people are going to know that what God says, God means. But Christmas doesn't start even here or even back in Isaiah. It starts way before this. Christmas starts with Abraham and a covenant that God made. You notice when I read from Isaiah that God's speaking to a people, that their iniquity, their sins have been pardoned, they've been forgiven, and they've been punished. God's referring to his people because those people are descendants from Abraham, where God made this promise that God was going to deliver all people one day through a Savior. And so hundreds and hundreds of years before Isaiah, we have God making a promise. A promise to a man who was too old to have a son reasonably, to people who didn't trust, didn't understand what God was doing, but obeyed anyway, and then who God used to be a promise for generations throughout time. So when we feel overwhelmed and we feel like we aren't sure what to do and we feel like asking the question, who needs Christmas? It's an interesting answer. Because who needs Christmas is God and us. And the reason I say God, because I don't think we think that way, is God made a covenant promise with Abraham. And, this is another sermon altogether, but if we back up further, we can go to the Garden of Eden when God made a promise to Adam and Eve. So ever since people fell into sin, fell into disobedience, ever since then, God has been promising deliverance from the problem that we created. And I think it's helpful for us to pause at times and realize how much God loves us. How much God has revealed to us in the Christmas story. Not just the wonderful story of Mary and Joseph and Jesus, but the whole story of the promise to Abraham. Of the promise going back to Eve and Adam and their disobedience. That promise that's just as true for us here in 2023. 
that God knew we needed Christmas. We needed deliverance. We needed salvation. And God had been working on that the whole time. And, you know, I want to talk about somebody else, too, who came after this time when Mark wrote the gospel. Then Paul comes along. And you've got to remember, Paul, prior to being Paul, prior to writing most of the New Testament, Paul was Saul, a good, good, by the standards of the law, a good Jewish person who was living under the promise that God gave to Abraham. So Paul, as Saul, a Pharisee, someone who kept the law, kept everything the way it was supposed to be, and had a lineage that would support how wonderful he was, Saul was trying to do everything the right way. But he had forgotten this promise from Isaiah, this promise that God was going to deliver. He had forgotten this promise of comfort from Isaiah, this promise of deliverance, this promise of a Savior. Because he had been so concerned about keeping God's laws and doing everything the correct way that he didn't see God as a God of love anymore. He saw God as a God of judgment, as a God of retribution, as a God who would punish you, not a God who loves you. But everything that God is doing is out of love. And I think sometimes we put ourselves in a similar situation in our thought process. We forget why we're doing Christmas. We forget what the point is of Christmas. It's not to get the best deal on a present. It's not to have the prettiest party. It's not to fulfill all your obligations. But those things often take precedence. What Christmas is all about is the fact that we can have confidence in knowing that we're delivered, that we're set free, that our iniquities are pardoned, to use Isaiah's word, that our sins are forgiven, that we are set free. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. And so when we tell the Christmas story, all of that is behind it. And when we give presents, why do we give Christmas presents? Because we have to. <laughs> Because we want to, because it's fun, because it's better to give than to receive, because we like receiving presents, all those. Why we give presents is in memory of Jesus and the presents that were given to him. You know, all of these things are based in traditions and things that aren't bad. This isn't to make you feel guilty. I can just see what's going to happen. You're all going to go home and be like, we're canceling Christmas. Pastor Ben said we have to only pray for the rest of December. I didn't say that, by the way. No, the, all these things are good. All these things are wonderful when we keep perspective. But I don't want us to lose perspective on how amazing this story is, that God's word is so amazing that from when it was written to now, it's just as true and powerful 
as when it was first given. And so Paul, trying to do the right thing, trying to keep the law, sees these people who were following Jesus, this false Messiah, in his eyes at the time. And he wants to do away with them because they're taking people away from following God's law. And then Paul is transformed. Saul is transformed into Paul. He's blinded by the light, literally. The scales fall from his eyes. He understands who Jesus is. And I share that because it's this guy who, who hated everything that went away from his view of God because he put God in a box. And then the same guy, when he's transformed by Jesus Christ, when he realizes that Jesus is his Lord and Savior, when the Holy Spirit comes through him, in Galatians, he writes this. In Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth from his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so we might receive adoptions as sons and daughters. That, that Paul writes this understanding now that even though he did everything the right way, that he fulfilled the law as perfectly as, as a sinful person could, that when he met Jesus, all that became meaningless because he recognized that he's been redeemed, that the law is not oppressive anymore, that it's not this crushing thing. And so as Christians, we don't have to live like we're being crushed by our guilt and our shame and our past. We don't have to feel crushed by the weight of the world on our shoulders that we put there. We are free, we are redeemed, and we are loved. And I love, I share this verse specifically because a couple things are happening here. One, Paul's saying the fullness of time has come. God's covenant with Abraham is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When just at this perfect moment in history, everything came together for God to make good on his promise. And Jesus has come and now given his life and risen from the dead. And now we have life. And so Paul's like, it is complete. There is Nothing else that matters more than this. And then, for someone who lived by the law, who literally, it was his life, keeping the law, he now says, no, no, Jesus took care of all that for you and for me. And then he sees himself as a son of God. And if you notice Everything that Paul writes, everything that Paul shares is from this perspective. Paul even shares at one point, I have this amazing lineage. I have all these things I could brag about. I have the best education. Everybody knows how great I am, and all of it's meaningless compared to Jesus Christ. Paul understood that he was first and foremost a child of God. And when he believed that, even when he went through the struggles, he still believed in. And some of you may be thinking that. Some of you may be going, Pastor, this is nice and all, but you don't know what's going on in my life. And you're right, I don't. Not for everybody in here. But God does. And it's not too big for him. And if this is a tough time of year, as it is for many, these promises just given us an assurance 
that we have a heavenly father that's greater than any other relationship we have. That we have a savior who gave his life for us. And that we have the Holy Spirit working through each and every one of us who believe in Jesus in ways that we can't even imagine. And so what I want to encourage us to do is in the midst of busy, before it gets away from us, before we're talking about, I can't believe Christmas is over, is to think about, to think about who in your life needs Christmas. To think about who in your life is somebody that you have an opportunity to just share something about the meaning of Christmas with. Maybe it's to invite them to a service during December. Maybe it's to pray for them. Maybe it's just to share with them, to encourage to slow down. Maybe it's just to share the Christmas story. I don't know what it is. But just to share some peace and love and the story of what Christmas is all about. And it's our deliverance. It's for us to not keep trying so hard to do everything ourselves. It's for us to let go and let the message of Christmas be the guiding point for us. And so I don't want Christmas to turn into just an obligation or just something religious that we do because of X, Y, or Z. And I don't want us to go the other way where we just stop doing everything that gets in the way. I want us to find that balance of letting God's word speak in our hearts. I want us to find that balance of finding the peace that can only come from Jesus Christ. And I want us to be encouraged by saying what a joy it is that we can gather together and hear God's word and take moments to slow down, to worship, and to be reminded of that message. And I want us to be encouraged that God loves us so much that he always follows through on his promises. It's a promise to Eve that one day a Savior would be born to deliver us. It's that problem to Abraham that through him one day would come Jesus. It's that promise to the disciples that Jesus would conquer sin, death, and Satan forever. It's that promise to us that when we trust in Jesus Christ, that our sins are forgiven and we get to spend eternity free from sin, death, and Satan forever. What a joy that is. So as we wrap up, I want us to just remember what Christmas is all about. Matthew said in his gospel, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And what a joy that is to be reminded that God is with us. That Jesus Christ has come and has set us free. That he's risen to life and he will return again one day. And when he comes again, we're going to be reunited in joy with all those who believe. And we're going to be in his presence forever. And that life for us has already begun. Let's pray.